This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. The U.S. Department of Agriculture Crop Progress Report for the week ending May 9th has 88% of Montana in an abnormally dry condition and 34% in a state of severe to exceptional drought. The northeast corner of Montana is experiencing the driest conditions. The 10-county region, which produces most of the state's Durham and roughly 45% of its spring wheat, is part of a dry string stretching from Whitefish east to Grand Forks, North Dakota, some 500 miles. Richland County has already asked the state for a disaster declaration related to the drought. Governor Greg Gianforti on Friday named an advisory council to help him identify candidates to fill a district court vacancy in Cascade County under a new law that allows the governor to make the appointment directly, even though that law is being challenged in court. Lawmakers passed a bill eliminating the Judicial Nomination Commission, which vetted candidates for judicial vacancies and forwarded the names of three to five nominees to the governor, who then would appoint one of those. Two former lawmakers and a member of the 1972 Constitutional Convention are among those challenging the new law. That case has yet to be argued before the Montana Supreme Court. The Montana Senate refused to confirm former Democratic Governor Steve Bullock's appointee, Michelle Reinhardt Levin, to fill a vacancy in the 8th Judicial District based in Great Falls. The governor is accepting applications from and nominations of any lawyer in good standing who meets the qualifications for holding the position of district court judge. Applications are due by June 1st. Governor Gianforti has signed a major change in school tax credits into law. House Bill 279 from Representative Seth Burgley, the Republican from Joliet, increases the tax credits for donating to scholarship programs from $150 to $200,000 for both private and public schools. The bill also increases that $200,000 to $2 million in 2023, with provisions to increase it by 20% every year if donations come in at 80% or greater of the limit. The bill passed the legislature largely along party lines. Republicans in support, Democrats opposed. Republicans say SB 279 will help students attend private schools they could not otherwise afford and benefit public schools as well. For private schools, funds go to scholarship for which prospective students may apply. In public schools, those claiming the tax credit can direct the money towards programs that pay for innovative education, such as transformative learning, support for those with disabilities, work-based learning partnerships, and more. Democrats criticize the bill as favoring private schools with tax credits largely benefiting the ultra-wealthy who could claim the credit of $200,000. That is matched by the state. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 2020 that the Montana Department of Revenue could not disqualify religious schools from the tax credit. The superintendent of Yellowstone National Park 
wants to replace and improve outdated housing for employees, saying that some of the accommodations for workers are embarrassing. Cam Sholley spoke via Zoom to members of hometown Helena. Quote, housing is one of the biggest issues we have. He said the park had about 65 trailers, some of which are 60 years old. Quote, it was one of the worst housing I've ever seen. It was literally embarrassing. Reality is people say we get paid in sunsets in national parks, but I can tell you if you do not have good housing and you know this, that people don't apply for the jobs. Charlie also expressed worry about the difficulty of attracting new employees to Yellowstone in such a pricey housing market with a limited number of homes for sale. He thinks housing will become, quote, progressively worse over the next decade, and we have to solve some of those issues or we won't get people to take jobs in this area. Charlie says despite being closed for two months last year, Yellowstone still had about 4 million visitors, which is average. He said in May of last year it was at 20% of normal, but by July attendance had surpassed the year before, quote, and never looked back. He said the park had its second busiest August on record and its busiest September and October. He said we pumped about $650 million into local and state economies. The U.S. Forest Service has delayed a proposed logging project just outside Yellowstone National Park that the agency said was meant to cut the risk of fire and improve forest health. But opponents said it would harm habitat for grizzly bears, lynx, pine, martens, and wolverines. The project called for up to seven square miles of scattered clear cuts and tree thinning on 24 square miles of forest land. On Thursday, Acting Forest Supervisor Kathleen Miner announced the project would be delayed until the Gallatin National Forest complete the revised forecast management plan for the summer. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks officials say a male grizzly bear was removed May 6th from the Ophir Creek area northeast of Avon by FWP wildlife specialists. Wildlife staff moved the 429-pound bear to a more remote area in the upper Blackfoot Valley to help prevent more livestock loss during the spring calving season. FWP also reported another grizzly bear was euthanized Wednesday by the U.S. Department of Agriculture after it was confirmed to have killed a cow in the big snowy mountains south of Lewistown. The bear was first reported last week, and a remote camera captured its image feeding on the cow carcass. Traps were set over the weekend, and the Wildlife Service technicians confirmed evidence that the bear had killed both cows. That bear weighed 447 pounds and was estimated to be four to six years old. Grizzly bears are still protected under the Endangered Species Act, and final authority regarding their management is up to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Montana health officials added 135 new cases of COVID-19 on Friday, and one more resident has died. The number of confirmed active cases in the state dropped for the second day in a row 
to 1,059, down from 1,098 the previous day. The death toll now in Montana is 1,598. More than 365,000 residents are now considered fully vaccinated. State health officials followed the recommendations of the CDC and the Food and Drug Administration on Thursday and allowed those aged 12 to 15 to begin receiving doses of the Pfizer vaccine. At the same time, the CDC updated its guidance to allow fully vaccinated people to stop wearing masks and to stop social distancing in most indoor and outdoor settings. Active hospitalizations on Friday in Montana were 61, down from 66 the day before. 5,148 Montana residents have been hospitalized by the disease. The cumulative number of Montanans who have been infected by COVID-19 is now just over 110,500. Just under 108,000 are considered recovered. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. The podcast has listeners in 33 states and provinces in now 21 countries on six continents. We also will post the stories on Facebook on the J. Scott and Treasure State Radio Network pages. Made in Montana news is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio, KEMR in Jefferson County, Montana Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, and ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation. That's Made in Montana news. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.